the J Talk podcast. Yes, 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 yes. Hello and welcome to the J Talk podcast. Ben Maxwell and Johnny Nickel with you. And Johnny, Japan through to the round of 16 after a Tiga Satu victory over Indonesia on Wednesday night. Sorry, just showing off my high school Indonesian there. But their opponents in the round of 16 are certainly not what we were expecting heading into the games on the Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. As, as we, we were just talking there in the, the green room, we took a few minutes to kind of come down from the, from the high of the, the, the finish there. It, it never occurred to me that, that South Korea wouldn't defeat Malaysia, but you know, fair play to, to Bahrain. They, they've done the business in their game and they're going to be Japan's next opponents. I, I have to say we're, we're a touch unprepared because we weren't really expecting them to be the, the opposition. So when we talk about the, the, the last 16 game later on, we'll have to, of course, mostly focus on Japan. But yeah, I think f- from our perspective, it's it's good news for Japan that they finished out with, with a good result and I think a decent performance. So we, we can we can enjoy this podcast now. A bit of a high tonight, I think. So uh, what about yourself, Ben? How, how are you doing? I'm okay. Thanks, Johnny. Yeah, um, yeah. almost hit my head on the uh, the roof of my living room when uh, Malaysia equalised there. It was in the 15th minute of a second half stoppage time, wasn't it? So, uh, yeah, a, um, a remarkable end to, to that game. Uh, with uh, yeah, South Korea ending up second in uh, in Group E uh, when it looked uh, all but certain, yet they would top the group and uh, would be Japan's opponents in the round of 16. But yes, uh, already eliminated Malaysia. They knew as they kicked off their final group stage game that there was uh, no prospect at all of them going through to the round of 16. But yes, they uh, they did the business. And um, at the end of the day, a lot of people were expecting a, a Japan-Korea final, and that is still a prospect, even though, yeah, both t- uh, nations have finished second in their respective groups. They're on the uh, either side of the uh, the bracket as we head into the round of 16. But yes, uh, as you said, Johnny, we're here to chat about Japan, and uh, yes, our main focus tonight will be the 3-1 win over Indonesia. We were waiting for a, a positive performance from Japan for 90 minutes to talk about, and uh, well, yes, we finally got one, but it certainly helps when uh, VAR gives you a penalty in the fourth minute, doesn't it? Yeah, I think if anything was to show that this game is way different from the, the Iraq game, it was at the start. They were, they were behind in no time uh, against Iraq after you know the, the punch ended up in the, the head of Ayad Hussein. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong early, and I guess in this game everything that, that could go right did go right. Um, you know, we, we kind of managed to to read the mind of, of Moriyasu before the Iraq game, and I think t- together with you all last time we, we managed to see into his thoughts a bit of the, this one. We got the the fullbacks were changed. There was more. Um, impetus in midfield with, with Hatati and Kubo in there to support Endo. Um, yeah, it's an all-round better performance. The first couple of minutes, I think Japan were, were really at the races, that they're quick closing down, quick pressing. And then and someone I've called to, to be involved in the national side for, for a long time, Sia Maikuma down the right. He, he was excellent going forward in the, in the, the first half, and yet he, he combined um, with um, with Doan. And then, yes, it's a clear foul when you see it in VAR, Jordi Amat on, on Ueda. And yeah, even though the, the VAR takes takes a while to, to give the decision, I think ultimately it is the, the right decision. Uh, Indonesia being very very likable, I think, in the, the first two games, you know, they gave us give a very good account of themselves against Iraq and potentially I think the three one maybe flattered Iraq a touch and they got that great win over Vietnam. I think Amat to, to be fair to him, I think he, he slightly blotted their, their copybook at the start of this game, you know, his protests over what was a clear penalty and then trying to distract Ueda before he hit it. But yeah, it was all much of a muchness and yeah, fantastic start for, for Japan and, and Ueda and it was everything Moriyasu and the team could, could have hoped for. So yeah, fantastic stuff. Indeed. And yeah, the build up to Ueda uh, getting upended by uh, Amat, there was a, a through ball from Ritsu Doan, which was uh, a similar build up to Ueda's uh, uh, second goal against uh, Myanmar in uh, Japan's first World Cup qualifier back in mid-November. So that's certainly something that those two um, worked on, have worked on and have a, a clear connection. Uh, Doan able to spot Wader's runs. And uh, yeah, that's obviously one of the uh, uh, the, the key points of uh, Wader's game. He knows um, yeah where to be and then when to time his runs into the box. And uh, yeah, that ultimately led to the penalty that uh, Wader himself uh, fired into the net out of the reach of the uh, Indonesian keeper who did guess the right way but had absolutely no chance of uh, keeping the ball out. So that was uh, Japan up uh, 1-0 in just the sixth minute. But uh, let's go back, Johnny, because uh, Richard Doan started this game. He was uh, one of eight changes 
made by Hajime Moriyasu for uh, this encounter, whether um, he'd originally intended to make this many changes before the disappointing performance against Iraq. I guess only he knows. But um, yes, he basically uh, changed the entire back four. And um, yeah, there were other uh, changes in, in midfield and attack as well, with uh, indeed Wader himself starting his uh, first game of the tournament. So um, we're going to come on to, uh, obviously, later on, Johnny, uh, the, the selection dilemmas that Moriyasu now has with the impressive performers in this Indonesia game and whether he sticks with them against Bahrain or uh, returns to some of his uh, tried and trusted players. But w- yeah, when you saw the lineup, were you surprised at the number of changes? I'm pleasantly surprised. I, I kind of suspected again after our, our last podcast that I, I thought there would be a lot of changes. I was kind of prepared to be a bit disappointed with the, the fullbacks. I thought he might be a bit more stubborn and try and play someone into form. Um, I, I think even if Japan had won the game against Iraq, I, I think they would still have come into this game and made made a number of changes. Maybe mm. not quite as many, um, but you know. They've, they've got now, like, they would have known going into this game if they finished second, they, they would have a whole week. There's like seven days that, before the, the next game. So it's not really like there was in danger of kind of running people into the ground. There was time to, to recover. But yeah, I, I really liked what he did. As, as I mentioned, uh, Mike Kuma thought had a, a really good game and you know, the entire back four was changed and they weren't tested as much as they were in, in the other games. But I think all of them came through it with, uh, with flying colours. And yeah, yeah, Doan again. With I think it was Rio that was going to lead in the, the the charge for to call for him to be, um, put in the, the starting eleven. He he gave a really good account for himself, and Ueda got on the score sheet. So yeah, I, th- I think uh, all in all, a lot of good changes. Uh, just a couple of things that you know maybe on the other side that Moriasu might have been intending to make so many changes because now that the injured Kaoru Mitoma and the two backup goalkeepers are the only players in the squad who are yet to appear. So he mm. definitely has kind of made made full use of of the squad, giving a lot of minutes to to a lot of players, and um, and also I think we we touched on this in the the, the first podcast about the, the where the kind of leadership or experience was going to come from because in in this game that this eleven um, Wataru Endo he was the only member of the starting lineup that had played more than fifty times for Japan and he was also the only player that was over twenty six years old so it was a, a very kind of new young team i think the average age 25 with 22 caps so yeah it, it was good to see them stepping up to the plate and um yeah the, the only other thing i had to kind of mention about that was um it was quite interesting as well moriasu was in charge of the the olympic team and and nine of the starting 11 were, were in the squad for the tokyo olympics i think it was only only my kuma and nakamura were not so this has clearly been a been a group of players that i think moriasu has been been looking at for a long time so yeah, he clearly has has faith in them. So yeah, like like you say, we we'll, we'll talk we'll talk later about the kind of how much these players have done to 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 earn their place in the last sixteen. But yeah, with the kind of slight shift from the the four two three one to more of the four three three four one four one system, it it gave players a a chance to show another kind of string to their bow. And yeah, we're going to go on to talk about it. Japan did very well. So an interesting selection. We we can never quite be sure about the mind of Moriyasu, even though we've got. <laughs> Close. I kind of feel it's a bit of a, of a lucky guess. I, I don't know if he's listening in, but maybe he takes his cues from here. Ho- hopefully not. But yeah, yeah, I- interesting stuff. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, you'd think we'd know uh, a little bit about how he operates by now. It's, <laughs> it should be a, enough of a sample size. But yes, he. Uh, well, I think he took me by surprise with the the, the number of changes and. Why I don't necessarily think that you could consider this pushing the panic button. I mean, yeah, the the performance against Iraq uh, just wasn't good enough, was it? So, yeah, as a bit of a shake-up, yeah, I didn't mind this, even though, as I said after the first um, game that Japan played in the group, I'd like him to go as strong as possible. But uh, saying that, Japan's squad is obviously deep enough where he can put out a quality 11 like this. And, um, yeah, well, Japan's performance was notably better uh, than, the uh, then the second group stage game against Iraq and even uh, in for, yeah in terms of a consistent performance over the full game uh, much better than uh, the Vietnam game as well so yeah we mentioned Japan got off to the perfect start with uh, Wader's penalty that he uh, finally scored in the sixth minute after he was initially uh, fouled in the second and the VAR was awarded uh, the the penalty was awarded sorry in the fourth minute for the rest of the first half Johnny while Japan exerted almost total control of this game uh, apart from Keito Nakamura 
hitting a post and uh, yeah, a, a few block shots aside, they never really turned the screw uh, on Indonesia in terms of getting that second goal and, and putting the game to bed early doors. But um, yeah, I mean, there were just a number of nearly moments, weren't there? Uh, Takafusa Kubo and Rio Hatate going close to finding teammates with the uh, through balls or balls over the top. Uh, the, uh, as I said, Nakamura hit the post with the 10 minutes to go before halftime. That came uh, seconds after Keito Nakamura and uh, and Kubo had the shots blocked. So it was, um, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, a c- controlled, composed first half by Japan. But, I mean, they still would have dearly loved a, a second goal to give themselves a, a bit more breathing space before the break. Yeah, there was there was definitely good, good points and bad points. I think that, like I said, the good point was that they basically had their, their foot in Indonesia's throat for, for the majority of the, the full 90 minutes. And we haven't really seen them have that level of control since going back to the kind of the, the qualifiers. And this is kind of the, yeah, the, the midfield was completely on top. The defence was largely untested. They were able to get the wingers into play, get the fullbacks up supporting. This was more the, the Japan we expected to see. I mean, I guess to, to give Indonesia the, their dues, um, I think I mentioned again prior to the, the kind of first round of fixtures or just after them that, you know, the, the order you play your fixtures in is quite important because, you know, the, you're like Australia played Uzbekistan the last game. I think Iran played the UAE. So when the two kind of biggest teams play each other in the last game, it can often be a bit of a kind of anticlimax if you're already both qualified. Whereas these games like in Indonesia... The, the first game, you know, they were full of energy, full of verve. But for a team like that, it's really come from, to this level, they've really come from, from nowhere. I think I pointed out it's, it's very difficult for them to play like Iraq and Japan within the space of 10 days and throw in a massive game against Vietnam in, in the middle. So they, they, at times they seemed a bit like a shadow of, of what they were in the, the previous games. And um, how much of that is due to them simply being tired and you know, Japan re- really stepping up and also, as you, as you pointed out rightly, Ben, the, the depth in Japan squad that they can rotate like eight players out and still maintain a very high level of performance. Whereas, you know, in all respect to Indonesia, if you take eight of their starting players out, it's not going to be anything like the same level of of quality. So, you know, it was very good from a Japanese perspective to see them them like dominate as as they did. But like you say, I think especially the first thirty minutes, there was a lot of just kind of side to side passing and, and some kind of long balls over the top that either didn't fit, uh, meet the target or Ueda was a bit uh, out in his own and didn't quite manage to bring it down and uh, in Indonesia I think the Pratama Arhan who was at, at Verdi he caused a, a bit of trouble with his kind of long throws they had to be on their guard but it did say as he went through the chances as, as we built up to half time with the Nakamura shot and yeah, Maikuma down the right his combination with Doan and also with, with Kubo I think Kubo, he may not have had like the kind of the goals or assists to, to show, but I think he he actually worked quite well. He grew into the game. He, he came deeper. He was looking for different angles to kind of almost play like a quarterback at times, and other times back up in the number ten role. So I think those were the two standout players for me in the first half. With both Mike Kuma and and Kubo were with maybe Doan a kind of third third place for for Japan's attack and. You know, I think maybe one thing you didn't mention, just at the end, I think the, the, the third minute of additional time, Doan won the ball back and then he, he was kind of blocked off in the box by, by Hubner, the, the Indonesian defender. There's no penalty or no even not even a VAR check. And it, it, it fell into the category of you, you've, you've seen them given. And I think mm. just after that, a few kind of heavy challenges went in from Indonesia. Um, I think, but both sides probably went into the, the halftime break a, a bit, you know, a bit underwhelmed. Japan got the good start, but never pressed on. And Indonesia, I think maybe uh, this might have been, I don't want to say a reality check, but I think in some ways it, it kind of was after the highs maybe of the, the first two games. I think it came down to earth with a bit of a bump due to the, the quality and intensity of Japan's performance. Yeah, I mean, I wrote down in my notes that in, in the first half hour, it was uh, almost 80% possession for Japan. And I think that stat almost held through uh, right through the entire 90 minutes, didn't it? it was yeah. uh, Japan was in the, the mid to high 70s, I think, in possession. And um, yeah, frustration for them, I think, at not scoring a second before the break. And they, as you say, frustration for Indonesia that they just couldn't get a, foot, a foothold in the game at all and weren't able to uh, to cause Japan uh, any damage once they won the ball back, obviously, as we saw Vietnam do uh, in the first group stage game. Yeah, you mentioned that Doan uh, 
incident in stoppage time. Another one I was going to mention just before the break, uh, Johnny, was a through ball from uh, from deep in the Japan half by Yuta Nakayama that played Rayo Hatate through the centre. It looked like that might have been the avenue to Japan's second goal. And Hatate passed forward to Weida, but he dawdled on the ball. And uh, yeah, the, uh, the, I was going to say the chance came to nothing, but the uh, chance didn't materialise at all because uh, yeah, Weida, Weida's uh, uh, indecisiveness cost Japan in that uh, instance. So yeah, he was uh, a bit of a culprit there before the break. And then uh, three minutes after the break, Johnny, uh, I think one of uh, one incident that maybe sums up uh, or summed up Japan's uh, tournament to that stage was when uh, Nakayama crossed from the left and it hit Hatate in the head and went out for a goal kick. Hatate <laughs> unable to get out of the way of it. It was, um, I guess, yeah, an, in- uh, an incident that just summed up how things had been going for Japan to, to that point in the tournament. Things just not working, players in the wrong positions and you're not able, a- even able to get out of the way of a, a teammate's cross. And uh, again, nothing obviously materialised from that opportunity opportunity but uh, four minutes after that seven minutes into the second half Johnny Japan finally got their second goal and uh, well they had breathing room I think in the in the, the way the game was going to that point but to actually yeah put a second goal up on the scoreboard was obviously huge and uh, eased I think any nerves that we had uh, at that stage with um, I mean a, a bit of ping pong going on in the center of the park and in, in uh, Japan's defensive half no uh, no players really able to get a foot on the ball but uh, uh, Takehiro Tomiyasu found a Doan with a, a searching ball Doan in the center circle he uh, surged through the middle and then uh, slipped the ball to Keito Nakamura on the left and made an overlapping run uh, his uh, first touch cross from uh, Nakamura's return pass, uh, eluded uh, Kubo and a couple of defenders at the near post, but uh, Weida was unmarked at the back post and uh, steered home Japan's second. And I think we could pretty much exhale at that point, Johnny, knowing that, uh, well, yeah, it was still a long way to go in the game, but uh, Japan had uh, not only control on the pitch, but yeah, on the scoreboard as well. Yeah, it was a massive relief for Japan because they were they were behind almost for the entire game against Iraq. And then they only got a two-goal lead right at the end against Vietnam. So to go 2-0 up with still like, you know, 38 minutes plus injury time, which can be anything up to about 20 minutes these days, is, is a <laughs> massive, massive relief for them. It's lovely to see the Gamba Old Boys Network down the left, Doan and, and Nakamura combining. And then, yeah, Ueda, I think I could have I could have stuck that one home that Ueda did, but all credit to him. He, he put it in the net and it's a, yet, yet another goal for for him in his international career, it took him a while to get going, but once he's once he's up and running, there's no no stopping him. And yeah, he, he really proved to be a, a crucial figure in this game. Um, and yeah, it's interesting the incident you mentioned earlier about Nakayama and Hatate, because actually Hatate and Nakayama both had pretty good games. And the fact that they, they combined to such sort of well, comical, if you're not a Japan, Japan supporter, effect mm. um, kind of yeah, as you say, it really summed up Japan's tournament to date. But you know, a, a few minutes later. You know, they, they get the goal, they get 2-0 up. And I think you're probably going to mention other chances, but just to, to mention, I think it's a couple of minutes after that, the Doan and Hatate played a really nice 1-2 and Hatate took a sore one after that. And then Doan didn't even work the goalkeeper. You just kind of felt, I think if Japan had scored that one just after they got the second, I think the floodgates might have opened. And I think in this game, you know, as I go back again to the Indonesia-Iraq game, if that had finished 3-2, I think that would have been quite, quite fair. This game has finished 3-1, but I think it's kind of in the, the lower spectrum of what you might expect. It could quite easily finish 5-0, I think, if Japan had been a bit more clinical after going 2-0 up. The, the space opened up and they were, they were a, bit more, a bit more free and they had some chances, but it just didn't re- really happen, but... You know, the 2-0, I think, made everything so, so much easier after that. And great to see Ueda getting a goal. And also, you know, Doan really putting his hand up to, to be a starter going forward in this tournament. Most definitely. And, well, yeah, you mentioned the the Doan chance a couple of minutes after that. I was, yeah, I was going to come on to mention, well, three chances in, in 10 minutes for Doan that, um, that, went, uh, that went begging. And, well, hopefully for us and for all Japan supporters, he's, um, he's saving a goal 
for the uh, the round of 16 game against Bahrain. He's certainly due after, uh, yes, three uh, going close three times in in the space of 10 minutes. As you said, he should have uh, should have worked a keeper. Well, he should have scored really after, uh, yeah, excellent interplay with uh, Hatate uh, down the right-hand side. Then uh, just past the hour, uh, Doan tried to dink the keeper from uh, uh, 25 yards after superbly controlling a, a long ball over the top. But that went to the uh, the right-hand side of uh, the the goal from a Japan perspective, the left-hand goal uh, side of the goal for the uh, the goalkeeper. Then uh, a couple of minutes after that, Doan had a header headed off the line by a defender. Although to be fair, I think the keeper had to scramble back and probably had it covered if uh, if there wasn't a defender there. But yes, Doan going close three times, as we said, in the space of ten minutes. And as we're going to come on to, he's um, yeah one of Japan's most impressive performers in this game. And um, yes. Hajime Moriyasu definitely has a decision to make uh, over whether he starts or not against uh, Bahrain. So uh, shortly after that, we saw Japan's uh, first couple of changes, Johnny, uh, with uh, Nakamura and Hatate going off, uh, Daisen Maeda and uh, Takumi Minamino coming on. Obviously, good to see Nakamura back after, as uh, Rio said, he was um, not considered to start uh, the Iraq game due to injury, uh, even though he was um, in the matchday squad. But for Hatata, yes, a uh, an audition, I guess, of sorts for him. A, uh, he was given a start with uh, Hidemasa Morita rested. And again, taking into consideration the, well, not the, the quality of the opponent, because Indonesia showed uh, in their victory over Vietnam that, I mean, they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're not just making up the numbers in this tournament, but it, it wasn't their day. But uh, considering how the game went, um, how impressed were you with uh, Hatate's performance? Yeah, I, I like the selection but before before kickoff. And you know, I think the times he's come on as a sub, Hatate, he's always put himself about. And maybe he's been a, been a bit rushed, which might cause mistakes, or he loses possession, kind of gives away fouls. There was a couple of small moments where I think maybe he was a bit rushed or a bit, a bit over-eager. He's not, he's not quite felt like I've made it as an international footballer yet, maybe the way he did feel at Kawasaki or he does feel at Celtic. So I think there's still more in the tank um, to, to give a slight... Like sneak preview to my, my views towards the end. I I would I would select him for the, the last 16 time. I think he's done enough, and yeah. I think in particular the fact that you know you mentioned Minamino and Maeda came on, and Minamino and Kubo in the same team just doesn't seem to work wherever you put them. I, I felt like Hatati was very clearly like he was all action, but he was away from Kubo, and they worked around they worked around each other very well. Whereas I felt like Minamino and Kubo tended to kind of be in the same areas too much and it just felt like you know in the, the first half Japan had a bit of a lull in the second half I think around the time of the substitutes they just kind of it seemed like they settled for 2-0 and Indonesia were quite worn out and they were settling for 2-0 so I wasn't impressed by, by Minamino I think he actually picked up a yellow card for a kind of nasty looking I'll call it a forwards challenge which injured the I think Indonesia number 10 Vikri and Maeda, I think he was involved in a couple of good attacks down the left with his with his pace, but again his passing was a bit suspect at times. And yeah, I feel like Keito Nakamura's back. We haven't seen Mitoma. Um, Moriyasu chose Minamino on the left um, when when Nakamura was out. So he's got Maeda and he's got Asano. He seems to consider Asano for for centre forward and Maeda for the left. But I don't really see him having the faith in Maeda to to start him. So I think both of these guys ha- had a chance to to impress and neither of them really grasped it. I, I think especially Minamino after his his great start to the tournament, he's kind of drifted out of the starting eleven plans and mm, it's not, mm. he's not really been. Yeah, it's just something kind of not not happening. But I mean that that's how I saw it, Ben. Like, what did you think about those kind of two changes? Did you feel Minamino and Kubo kind of occupy the same area, or did you see it kind of differently? Yeah, no, that's a good point, Johnny. And I mean, um, yeah, they're obviously they're both um, attack first um, minded players. And yeah, I mean, Kubo's um, heat map and um, average position chart was was really interesting because uh, yeah while he was um, well nominally nominally in uh, in midfield supporting Hatate uh, and um, yeah in front of Endo uh, it, the, the the website I looked at actually had Kubo's average position in fr- in front of Wader so um, yeah that was I guess an indication of how um, yeah offense minded he was and was able to be in this game um, as we said it's it pretty much uh, Japan ran it for the uh, entire 90 minutes and 
he uh, obviously played a a big part in that. But uh, yeah, Minamino, it's uh, well, yeah, he he probably should have just down tools and left after the first <laughs> game because I yeah uh, that was um, obviously a, ter- a terrific performance by him. But yeah, obviously well off the boil out on the left against Iraq, and then yeah called on uh, for the last 25 minutes or so in this game, and yeah was unable to get himself um, yeah properly involved and yeah as you say o- occupying a, a similar role and similar space to Kubo then it was um, yeah it got a little bit uh, crowded in there at times didn't it so um, yeah at this stage I, I think for well from the start of the, uh, the the second half was when I really started to notice the Indonesian players starting to leave um, leave one uh, in on uh, the the Japan players, Johnny, and it got to the point where I wrote in my notes that Japan were getting kicked into next week by uh, by the Indonesians at uh, yeah the about the midway point of the second half. I know there had been um, yeah little uh, spot fires breaking out here and there across the pitch, but yes, we saw both of the uh, Indonesian centre backs booked uh, for yeah pretty agricultural challenges. And, um, well, perhaps with that in mind, or just perhaps to prefer, uh, preserve Kubo for the, um, the, the round of 16, uh, Kubo and uh, Tomiyasu were uh, Japan's next couple of changes in the 81st minute with uh, Kaishu Sano and uh, Suyoshi Watanabe coming on for his first appearance uh, of the tournament. So, yeah, as you said, that meant that uh, Mitoma, who hasn't featured in any of the matchday squads, is uh, now the only outfield player uh, not to uh, to feature uh, in uh, in the, the group stage. So, uh, so, obviously, great to see Tomiyasu back, able to start and, and get through 80 minutes. Um, his uh, partnership with Koki Machida was um, well, it, it looked uh, it looked terrific throughout the game. Indeed, they weren't especially tested, Johnny, but anything they had to deal with, they did with a, a minimum of fuss. Yeah, I think as 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 Rio pointed out in the, the last time, like Itakura has not not looked at his sharpest, and he wasn't even on the, the bench for this game. So where mm. that leaves his fitness for for a week's time remains to be seen. But you know, another thing that, that Rio mentioned um, as well was the the fact that. You know, when we're talking about uh, Japan failing to handle uh, Iraq's Ayman Hussein, that Machida is a is a big, big guy. And he's a big physical guy. You know, he's got that that old Kashima mentality in him, and uh, he would be very good at handling that that kind of forward. And he wasn't massively tested here, but I think he did show when he had to. He he showed signs of um, you know his physicality and is able to. To, to step up in the face of, of physical opponents, and with Japan playing playing Bahrain in the next game, you know I, I think yeah, he, especially if Itakura's not fit, I think he's got as good a chance as any. He's already got got you know minutes in the, the bag next to Tommy Asu, who I'm certain will, will start that game if he's if he's fit and ready to go. So yeah, difficult to to fully compare you know a performance against Iraq versus a performance against the Indonesia, given the different nature of the games. But I think all, all four of these defenders. Um, yeah, they, they did. They did themselves. They did like everything they could to to put their case to to Moriyasu. Watanabe got got on, but I think that was more just kind of preserving Tomiyasu and didn't didn't have a lot to do. And I think yeah, you know, he wouldn't let anyone down if he had to come in due, due to an injury. But yeah, I think he he's there as the kind of fifth choice centre back. So he's only going to be coming on as a sub if if he has to to start. Then there's going to be a lot of injuries. But yeah, I think th- throughout throughout the field, I can only say real positive things about the, the performances of the Japanese players. And yeah, Moriyasu's got a week to, to think about it, but he's going to have to do a lot of thinking before he gets the you know the, the 26 man squad down to to 11 11 starters for the the game against Bahrain, doesn't he? Absolutely, and yet one of those huge decisions is who plays on the uh, the right behind the striker, and uh, I guess he's the uh, two um, two main choices. Uh, one uh, went off and one came on in the 86th minute. Ritsu Doan, who we've already spoken about, uh, went off and uh, Junior Ito came on. So I think we'll um, yeah we'll we'll chat about those two uh, in more detail in just a little bit once we've wrapped up the game, Johnny. With uh, two minutes to go of the 90, uh, Japan made it three uh, nil. I guess it was an instant impact from Junior Ito as he raced away down the right, although his cross. Um, uh, kind of befitting what he'd done in the first couple of games wasn't uh, particularly accurate. It was uh, slightly behind uh, ISA Wader, but uh, his shot was uh, turned in by uh, Hubner, the uh, Indonesian 
centre-back who, uh, yeah, kicked uh, Takafuzakubo um, about three feet into the air uh, previously. Uh, on DAZN, Tomoaki Makino was trying to claim it as a uh, hat-trick for Wader, and indeed in the J-League, that uh, almost might have gone down as a goal for uh, for Wader, but uh, it was, uh, yeah, clearly uh, an own goal, and uh, that made it uh, 3-0 to Japan um, at that point still, of course, only having two shots on target, which as they did at uh, at full time. Then Johnny in the first minute of second half stoppage time, the elephant in the room, Zion Suzuki. We'll uh, we'll have to chat about him again, uh, unfortunately, um, for a well, yeah, a um, well, an an error, a shot he should have saved, um, a, a long throw from the Indonesian left, uh, skimmed off Minamino's head and was volleyed in from uh, six yards at the back post. Um, I think our line group was uh, almost unanimous in the fact that uh, Suzuki should have done better on the shot and um, it was from close range, but uh, yeah, to be beaten at your near post uh, is uh, always disappointing. Um, Ralph Seidel, not surprisingly, and fair play to Ralph, he went into bat for his man in our uh, in our line group and certainly not having a go at Ralph. Um, as you know, Johnny, we're going to be speaking to Ralph in a couple of weeks, so I don't want to put his nose out of joint, but um, yeah, I commend him for going into bat for Zion, but you, you, you just can't afford to have your keeper make um, one huge error a game. And if we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt for the, the punch for Iraq's first goal, the, um, the the second goal against Vietnam, when he uh, yeah m- miscontrolled the ball that skimmed off the pitch in front of him, and again, not being able to keep this shot out from six yards. Um, if you give your opponent one one goal, one goal a game. It's really hard to um, to progress in a tournament, isn't it, Johnny? So um, for me, yeah, it's it's disappointing. Japan deserved a clean sheet from this game. Suzuki had literally nothing else to do for the entire game. It was um, Indonesia's one and only shot on target, and uh, for me, it's one that he should have kept out. I think I'll go in slightly to bat for him as well, since we need to have a bit, bit of balance. And it will probably mostly take the form of pointing the finger of blame at others, because I think it's not just the goalkeeper, I think it's the entire defence, which has to be of greater concern, because this is something that's come up again. We haven't just said the goalkeeper might have been able to do better. There's also been the defending of some of the goals Japan have conceded. So that's, that's five in, in three games they've conceded. Now, they've had you know, our hands like uh, throws from the left-hand side all, all game. And it almost seems like collectively as a team, Japan have just gone to sleep. Goalkeeper and Templars in front of them. They've accepted it's going to be 3-0, we're going to cruise through. And everyone gets sucked to, to the near post. So even Minamino gets the, the flick on in his head, but even he's, I think, one of the last defenders, and he can only get the top of his head and just flick it up in the air. And Kaishu Sano is nowhere. He's a sub. He should have all the energy in the, in the world. He's nowhere, and, and Walsh gets his shot. And yeah, he should. Pro- he'll. He would tell you himself. He he, sh- he would just backed himself to save it. It's not. Again, it kind of falls into. It's not the worst mistake in the world I've ever seen. But maybe kind of put together with the other two. Um. Yeah. That there is pressure on him. And you know, I, I think I wrote my my notes. It's like just, just when you think that the 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 bridge has been crossed, it's everything's gone swimmingly. Suzuki's not had much to do. Even, I think, he set up that Doan chance just after the goal. He came out with a big commanding leap and caught the ball and then kicked it down the right wing and started the attack. So, I'm yeah, I, I still... I, I've not lost faith in Suzuki. I'm not, not going to be as, as, as against him as maybe some others or as critical of him as some others have been. I think maybe, he's, you know, he's a young goalkeeper. He's not played a lot of football. I think he's he's gone he's gone to sleep, but so have a lot of his teammates, and I, I don't really see any better options in the squad. So yeah, I would. He's had a lot of backing from you know Ralph and, and Nishikawa Urawa to you know the other goalkeepers in the squad to to Moriyasu. Um, yeah, so I, I, I tried to give a bit of balance there. It wasn't wasn't great goalkeeping, but I don't think it was you know quite as bad as it's been made out to be, and a lot of others have to. Maybe, maybe take a look at themselves in the mirror for how they defended that corner. But maybe to, to just go back to the, the, the goal for, for Japan 3-0, because we mentioned Minamino and Maeda didn't quite you know, grab the, the chance with, with both hands. Ito, despite the poor the poor cross, I think turning the afterburners on, uh, he, he gave Moriasu a glimpse of what, what he can do when, when a game's tight. Again, Maikuma started the move. He was involved in a lot of things that Japan did well. 
And yeah. uh, Ueda, Ueda did very well to, to stay calm. He, he took his touch and he swiveled. And then may, may, maybe just to search for Hubner after his, his, his rather shocking kick, kick in the air of, of Kubo. But I, I think, you know, in fairness to Mackie, you know, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not it's not an away that goal, but I think it might have just snuck inside the far corner. Or um, so it's it's not the I've seen worse goals credited as as goals that should have been known goals. So it, it's not an away that goal, but you know he, he did very well. Mike did well. Ito did did half well. So yeah, just that kind of negativity of the conceding goal towards the end. But I think Japan thoroughly in control for the majority of the game, and I think I think it can be mostly mostly happy with the way most things went in in this game. Indeed, indeed, and well, yeah, we're uh, we're going to chat about the, uh, the 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 makeup of the starting eleven for the the round of sixteen game, and I uh, I posit that there are as many as six, maybe even seven positions um, up for debate and up for grabs. But for me, goalkeeper is not one of them because Moriyasu um, uh, has made his bed and he's going to have to lie in it, and he might um, he might be undone by another error, handling error, or um, yeah. Uh, uh, Poor attempt at a save that Suzuki makes uh, for the remainder of the tournament. But, yeah, he's obviously uh, decided that he's his number one keeper uh, for this Asian Cup. So, obviously, I hope that Suzuki uh, saves everything that comes near him for the remainder of the tournament and, and Japan win it. Um, I, I don't expect Moriyasu to make a change uh, between the sticks. But, again, um, yeah, for me, uh, he has been uh, culpable for um, two of the goals that Japan has conceded um, in directly for for two of the goals that Japan has conceded uh, in this uh, group stage. And yes, I take your point and it's a valid one that yes, the the defense around him has, um, has let him down uh, at times. And indeed for, for both of those goals that I'm talking about, but yeah, a handling error and um, yeah, being beaten uh, by a a shot, a year near post, even though it was from close range uh, for me is not good enough, but yes, he's, he's the man. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to back him even though I've just slated him. (laughs) So, uh, okay. So right. uh, Japan play a Bahrain in the round of 16, Johnny, it uh, takes place next Wednesday night Japan time uh, conveniently for us it's uh, an 8:30 p.m. kickoff as uh, Japan's uh, three group stage games were as well uh, so um yeah I, I I'm sure you agree with me that Suzuki's going to stay between the sticks and we can move on and talk about the the 10 outfield positions yeah yep okay so the the back four um Yukinari Sugawara obviously cop pelters after the Iraq game, did uh, Sayomai Kuma do enough for you to keep his uh, to keep Sugawara out of the team from uh, the the round of 16 and presumably for the rest of the tournament as far as Japan go? If I was picking the team, yes, and something tells me Moriyasu is going to go with that as well. I know I alluded to it the last time about Sugawara get caught falling asleep in a team meeting and then he had to sit next to Moriyasu. So I don't think yeah. he's in Moriyasu's good good graces. At the moment, so I think if I I well, I don't know Moriyasu. I, I think if that hadn't happened, he might be tempted to bring Sugawara back in. But Maikuma was so good. I know he wasn't tested much defensively, but Sugawara's not looked great defensively either. So I I would I would hands down go for Maikuma over over Sugawara. But Moriyasu, I'm going in the sort of 6.5 to 7 out of 10 likely to to keep Maikuma and maybe kind of 3.5 to 4 to bring back Sugawara, but. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see either. What, what do you think? I well, yeah, it really is a fool's errand here, listeners. Um, if you've listened to this podcast um, at all over the uh, the last few years, you know um, that yeah, uh, Sam and uh, my strike rate at guessing um, yeah Moriyasu's moves was um, terribly low. And yeah, I'm sure Johnny and I aren't going to start turning things around. Although we have had a, a reasonable tournament so far, I think, haven't we, Johnny? So yeah. Um, yeah, I agree that, yeah, Mike Huma's performance was excellent in this game. And personally, yeah, I would keep him as well. Um, I Yeah, I guess for me, Mike Huma is um, more likely to keep Sugawara out maybe than... Nakayama is to keep Hiroki Ito out on the other side. So as we go to left back, um, although I prefer Yuta Nakayama as the first choice left back, um, Hiroki Ito has, well, I think ever present is over egging it a little bit, isn't it, Johnny? But he has played an awful lot uh, in um, the last, say, year and a half under Moriyasu uh, for Japan. So that's one um, 
thing I would expect um, Moriyasu to revert to. I, w- I would expect Hiroki Ito to come back in at left back. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It, uh, uh, sorry, listeners, we're just going to go back and forth and say we don't know what Moriyasu is going to do. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, what would you do, Johnny? Would you would you stick with Nakayama after this performance or would you go back to, to Ito? I mean, to, to be honest, I don't really have an awful lot to add to what you just said. I basically, I, I could just repeat that word for word. I, okay, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I would I would pick Nakayama, but I think it'll be my Kuma and Ito will be the fullbacks, would be my, my personal guess. All right. So I suppose that would be a decent enough com- compromise for, for both of us after... Um, uh, yeah, after what we've seen in the first couple of games, and then and then uh, yeah, what happened uh, on on Wednesday night. So right, yeah, uh, there are fitness concerns then over Cole Itakura. Um, uh, but as Johnny said earlier, it's a full week in between games for Japan, so uh, I'm sure Japan will give every chance for Itakura to prove his fitness. And up until this tournament, I think it's clear to to say that uh, Itakura and Tomiyasu is uh, Japan's preferred starting central defensive part. Partnership, but um, yeah, Koki Machida was excellent against Indonesia, and indeed has been uh, in uh, his recent call-ups. So um, yeah, this is a, a really big call because Itakura is uh, obviously an important player for uh, for Japan and has uh, has started an awful lot uh, under uh, under Moriyasu, uh, especially since the last World Cup, of, of course. So um, yeah, a, a big call here, uh, Machida. Uh, hasn't obviously done anything wrong, Johnny, but um, yeah, again, something tells me that Moriyasu is going to revert to his favourites in a, um, some of these uh, positions and some of these decisions. So uh, as harsh as it would be on Machida, I would expect Itakura to come back in. I'm not sure if we might have a disagreement there. No, I think it's, it's Tomiyasu plus one, and I think if Itakura is fit enough, obviously we don't have any idea about his, his, his fitness. I think it'd be those two would start. What I am interested in is, because I'm not sure he will be fit, whether like, Moriyasu was obviously quite unhappy with, with Taniguchi's like, failure to de- deal with the physicality of, of Iraq. So, because Taniguchi's a bit of a favourite as well of, of Moriyasu's, uh, to, to be in the squad, if not necessarily the starting lineup. So, whether if Itakura was fit, if he reverts to the more experienced Taniguchi, or if he goes for the, the form in, in Machida, I, I would go for the form in Machida, but... Uh, what do you think Moriyasu would do if, if Itakura is not an option? So it's Tomiyasu plus Machida or Tomiyasu plus Taniguchi. What, what do you think his thinking would be there? Oh, gee whiz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the more experienced option. But um, yeah, saying that, though, I, I mean, he obviously has refreshed the uh, the squad an awful lot since the last World Cup, hasn't he? But um, yeah, something tells me that in certain positions he'll want to go for a more experienced options, but he will uh, will wait and see. Now in central midfield, I think you suggested earlier you would keep uh, Morita out and uh, stick with Hatate, uh, Johnny. That's a, a big call, obviously, because uh, again Morita has been um, yeah, very reliable for for Moriyasu uh, uh, as a, a two way player. Uh, most definitely, he can muck in and uh, yeah get his tackles in as well as um, obviously yeah play play balls into the uh, the attackers. So. Um, yeah, that would be a big call, but you, uh, yeah, you, you ready to back it? Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, obviously, I really like Morita as a player. I think the issue is more Morita and Endo together versus what you saw that the more kind of verve and dynamism that having, you know, having that midfield kind of triangle with Hatate and Kubo play, playing off Endo, who could just sit as the anchor. I think that area was was so much improved versus what we saw in the, the first two games when Endo and Morita played together. I, I think that despite. Moriyasu, but being a being a fan of Morita, I think he'll have him as as backup for 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 Endo, and I would say that the, the kind of reverting to that that system of of the midfield three makes the like leaving Al Tanaka out the squad even more baffling for me. But mm-hmm. Tanaka is not there, so I, I would go for the midfield three, and I, I I would leave Morita out. And I think given the results, I think Moriyasu might might do that as well. Or, are we in agreement? Or, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, if it was Korea, I would, uh, South Korea, I would expect I would have expected Morita to to come back in and give uh, Japan a bit more sp- uh, stability in there alongside Endo. But uh, yeah, maybe uh, against Bahrain it'll be a different sort of game. And uh, yeah, Hatate and uh, and Kubo can be busy as they were against uh, Indonesia with uh, yeah knowing that uh, Endo is there a security blanket behind them. So um, yeah, the other couple of decisions uh, we I'm sure we agree that that, that Kubo will 
start now that he's proven his fitness and has uh, indeed started the last two games. So, uh, yes, the right of midfield and indeed uh, the, the left-hand side of, of Japan's attack. Doan looked very good um, and is obviously a different sort of player than, than Junior Ito, who has been a walk-up start uh, under Moriyasu, especially in the bigger games uh, in the last couple of years. So that's a huge call, Johnny. Um, yeah, you're, uh, I don't know whether you, your Gumba bias is going to come out there <laughs> and you're going to plump for Doan. Um, we know how important uh, Junior Ito has been to Japan and it would be a shock to many if he was left out uh, of uh, uh, an important game like this. Um, uh, yeah, I guess this is the biggest call uh, that, uh, that Moriyasu has to make. I'm going to differ from you slightly because I think if you consider Ito to be able to play right wing or left wing and you put him in with Doan, Nakamura and Ito, I think Doan is most likely to start out of those three. So I would put Doan on the right and one of the other two start down the left. And I think, you know, we, we mentioned he might go for, for the youth of, of Machida. I think he might go Doan on the right and Ito down the left. And then mm. if that doesn't work, maybe bring Nakamura on in the second half. But th- this is maybe one of the ones I, I feel least strongly about. Like, you know, some combination of those three. I, I just, I, if I was, if he had to, you know, had a gun to my head, I would say Doan on the right and Ito on the left and Nakamura on the bench. Um, I'm partly feeling that if I picked Doan and Nakamura, that would just be going with the Gamba players. So, yeah, I'd go Doan and Ito. What, what, or Ito down the left, or what about you? Um, yeah, I don't know. Have we ever seen Junior Ito start on the left? Uh, on the left wing, I guess he might have done uh, once or twice for Japan, but yeah, he's been a permanent fixture up and down the the right hand side. Um, yeah, that would be an interesting call, and I, I guess it yeah it gets um, more of uh, uh, Japan's best players on the pitch. Yeah, I mean obviously Mitomo would start on the left if he was uh, fit and available. Um, so uh, then you, you would you would actually have to make make a decision, I think, Johnny, between Doan and Ito in in that case. Um, yeah, Keito Nakamura, he might be the odd one out. I don't know if he did um, an awful lot to catch the eye. Obviously, apart from hitting the post uh, against Indonesia, he wasn't. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't think he was uh, necessarily one of Japan's better players. He didn't have a stinker by any means, but. Um, uh, yeah, so he, yeah, I guess that your your ideas are, yeah, a, a valid one. He he might be the the uh, the man to be squeezed out, and I guess in that case, yeah, Doan could possibly um, start on the on the left, and Ito his usual spot on the right. But uh, yeah, um, if both of those were to start, then uh, I guess it wouldn't be a a, a massive surprise so yeah perhaps nakamura and um minamino will be the two men squeezed out of the um attacking positions with uh yeah i mean it's uh no no doubt at this stage is it that uh, wader will be the uh the number nine his uh, two goals means he has to start i think and um yeah presumably um as far as japan go in the tournament isa wader will be uh the man up front so uh, yeah, I think we've managed to kind of piece together an 11 in um, in unison there, Johnny. Uh, that, but yeah, uh, there definitely are some uh, tough decisions for Moriyasu. And I guess in a good way, yeah, Japan's performance against Indonesia has given him, uh, yeah, a lot of tough decisions to make before next Wednesday. Yeah, don't rule out him squeezing Takuma Asano in somehow in, into the, the starting lineup despite... Oh, like, goodness you know, me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, the, the more we've gone through that, the more just the kind of mind-boggling number of options Japan do have. And yeah, they've they've kind of squirmed away out of the group. But I think this competition has, you know, has surprised in the, 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 the nature of how some teams have been able to get results and some of the fancy teams, even if they've got results, it's not been the most convincing way. So I think this competition is still wide open. Uh, the scars of the Iraq game remain, but I think, you know, J- Japan can kind of go into this. I knew that they're not playing South Korea in the, the last 16. They might have to face Iran in the quarters, but you're going to have to beat that kind of quality of, of team on the way anyway. But Bahrain are going to be no no pushovers whatsoever. They've shown with their victory against Jordan that they can do the business with the pressure on. And you know, it's closer to home for them. So I'm sure they'll have a, a good few supporters cheering them on. It's it's good for Japan that they've got a week. They can kind of maybe rest some some bruised bodies, some bruised egos as well and, and, and get ready to, to go on hopefully for, for another four games in in this tournament. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've been feeling about Warnock staying up to like 
I think it was quarter past two one night in Japan. There was the Tajikistan game went on for ages and ages and ages. So yeah, I need I need my beauty sleep over the next few days. But yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to to next week and the, the last sixteen the knockout really gets going. Cause I'm I'm sure some of the big teams are going to start flexing their muscles. Hopefully Japan are one of those, but I'm sure there's going to be shocks along the way as as there always is in the Asian Cup. Yeah, most definitely. It's been a um, yeah a pretty wild ride so far with uh, yeah a number of um, very highly fancied teams um, upset. They've had their uh, apple carts turned upside down, and indeed Japan and South Korea, uh, just two of them, both finishing second in their groups. And um, yeah, still on the separate sides of the uh, the bracket. Uh, I think as we said earlier. So yes, uh, for Japan next Wednesday night they'll play uh, Bahrain, and if they win that, they'll play the winner of uh, Iran. Or Syria. Uh, from there, we uh, well, we won't look too far ahead, as we've seen in the group stage. You don't want to take anything for granted uh, in this tournament. But uh, tellingly, on the other half of the bracket are uh, Iraq, Australia, and uh, South Korea. And well, I'd, I'd say most likely, in inverted commas, uh, Saudi Arabia, Johnny. But uh, yeah, they're still to wrap up a group play. And uh, so, yeah, as we said, we're not counting any chickens anywhere at all in this tournament. So, um, yes, it's good to finish the group stage on a bit of a high for Japan with a uh, controlled and composed victory over Indonesia by, as I said earlier, Tiga goals to Satu. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, I think we'll leave it there, Johnny. We'll uh, tease uh, for the listeners. This is a uh, slightly shorter episode than our usual because uh, we're saving our energy for our J1 season previews, uh, listeners, that uh, kick off uh, for us recording next Monday night, hopefully for a uh, Tuesday release. Uh, so, yes, patrons, stand by your inboxes for a call for questions on our first five teams and uh, a bit of a teaser, uh, listeners, um, very close to where Johnny currently is. Uh, some uh, teams in your sphere of influence kicking us off next week, Johnny. Yeah, code word okonomiyaki for, for any, any Japan lovers <laughs> out there. Indeed. So four teams uh, from a certain area, plus another team uh, slightly uh, west of there that also enjoys that uh, lovely uh, Japanese dish. So you hope we haven't given too much away there, listeners. But, yeah, we're really looking forward uh, to getting going with our uh, previews. We'll have a a special guest join us uh, next week. And then, uh, yes, uh, we'll be previewing five teams uh, every week until the uh, the big kickoff in late February. All right, Johnny, then we'll uh, we'll leave it there. And, uh, yeah, I'll speak to you next Monday for, uh, yes, fans of the Asian Cup will be recording a uh, podcast uh, probably the the evening after the uh, the Bahrain game. And obviously we hope uh, Japan have uh, made it through to the quarterfinals by then. So, all right, uh, I'll, uh, yeah, get your rest, Johnny, and I'll uh, speak to you on Monday night. Yeah, th- thanks very much, Ben. I think we're like the, the J1 players in, in pre-season doing, doing double shifts uh, every every day or every every week. So, yeah, it's been, been fascinating covering the Asian Cup. And, yeah, we're really looking forward to getting into the, the previews next week. And uh, hopefully we have some, some great questions. I know we've got a great guest and we'll, we'll get some great answers. So, yeah, that, that'll be all for, for this week. So take care, Ben. Thank you very much, mate. All right, so we'll uh, leave it there. That's it for this episode of the J Talk podcast. Uh, Johnny and I would like to thank our patrons for their ongoing support on Patreon. If you'd like to get involved, please visit patreon.com slash jtalkpod. And listeners, we'd like to thank you for listening wherever you are. We'll be back with our next episode early next week as we kick off our J1 season previews. Speak to you then. Bye for now. The J Talk Podcast. Yes, 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 yes.